This is Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's Friday. It's the final day of Hockey Central of the week. Haley Salvian here with you with Logan Gordon for the next hour. We've got a busy show today because the Flames lost again 4-1 to the Nashville Predators. Are we concerned? That is my question for you on the text line, 960-960. That is my question for, for Logan Gordon. It'll be my question for Sean Gentilly, who's going to join us at 110. Look around the league. Want to talk to Sean about some news out of Boston. Mitchell Miller signs with the team today. He was the uh, the player who was drafted in 2020 and then by the Arizona Coyotes. And then his pick was rescinded after, you know, more details about the bullying and taunting came out in reports. So we're going to get into a little bit of that with Sean. And then Amanda Stein is going to join us. She's with the New Jersey Devils. She's going to join us at the bottom of the hour around 135, 140, because the Devils are in town tomorrow. They are on a heater, five-game win streak, outscoring opponents 23 to 8 right now. So we'll get to more of that with Amanda Stein. But for now, let's bring in Logan Gordon. Logan, how are we feeling? Are we concerned about the Calgary Flames? A little bit. I think like I think it's fair after the last two performances, especially last night where they generated almost nothing in the first period and didn't mm-hmm. respond very well into the second. I think it's fair to wonder about how these line changes have worked for the team because I actually thought against Edmonton on Saturday they played pretty well. They just didn't mm-hmm. win the game. Now right. I think that they've clearly been the lesser of the two teams on the ice the last two games. I, I think mm-hmm. there's at least a little bit of worry there. Yeah, I have a problem. I think saying I have a problem is so overdramatic almost, but I don't love the new look. It's only been two games, and I thought, you know, that that I quote-unquote top line, one of the top six lines of Kadri, Huberto, and Mangiapani, they were okay against Seattle. I mean, they had the shot attempts with them on the ice were about 14-6 to six in favor of the Flames, um, but they they did not look good last night against Nashville. The numbers do not look good for that line against Nashville. I think the team overall, as you said, and obviously struggled to get anything going on offense. They lose the game four to one. They had a lot of shot attempts. Like if you look at you know those kind of puck possession metrics, uh, if you just looked at that on paper, it didn't look too bad. But the Flames didn't really get a ton of really high danger, high quality looks. They didn't have a lot of um, they didn't have a lot on the doorstep either. I think, I think Nashville did a better job making life difficult and kind of owning the net front. And that is a really physical team as we heard from Chris Mason, who was on the show yesterday. But, but for me with the Kadri Huberto, Mangiapane combo with them on the ice last night, the flames had 23% of the shot share. <laughs> Nashville had 16 shot attempts. That line had five. They had one scoring chance for Nashville had 10. And this is when the Kadri, Huberto, Mangiapane line were on the ice. One scoring chance at five on five tracked by natural stat trick for, you know, the, the top line of the Calgary Flames. And there, Nashville had 10 against the top line. They had zero high danger chances, whereas Nashville had four against. That is bad. And it is even worse 
when you kind of scroll around on natural statric and you watch the game and you understand the way that this line is deployed, they are an offensive zone starting trio, right? We see that line in the O zone. They're not getting put in the D zone to try to make a big stop and transition the other way. That's Michael Backlund's music. Kadri, Huberto, and Mangiapani had a 69% offensive zone starts last night. So they're starting in the ozone, losing possession, and having Nashville go the other way and create more than they were. It was not good. It was not good. And I know it's only been two games, but I don't know how you go back to that combination or these line combos against the New Jersey Devils, again, who are very hot right now. Eight and three start, five game win streak, and they are outscoring opponents 23 to eight. I don't know if you saw any parts of that Edmonton game last night, Logan, but that game looked over and then they score two goals in seven seconds and they beat the Oilers at home. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I, again, I know it's early and I don't like doing the whole panic thing and I'm not panicked. I just don't really like what I've seen the last two games. And I think you go back to those original combinations. Yeah. I really haven't seen uh, really even a redeeming period at five on five. That makes me think these are the optimal lines right now for the Calgary flames. If anything, I think they've regressed from what the lines were for the first seven games for this team. And yeah, you talk about New Jersey. We were all uh, assembled in the media lounge last night, waiting for Daryl Sutter. Uh, when we got the notification, all of a sudden New Jersey's up uh, on Edmonton after seven seconds. You go, okay. I believe it was our pal Julian who goes, <laughs> and next on the opponent schedule for the Calgary flames yeah, is the New Jersey. To Devil. The Saddle yeah, Dome. Yeah. Next is like, wow. Yeah. That's a really perfect feeling to hear that happened after what we just watched at the Dome. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think, you, I mean, you backed it up with all the numbers there. And I think even just the eye test would show you, you know, if you were watching the game on TV or you were at the Saddle Dome last night, that there just, there wasn't en energy. They weren't playing very connected, Haley. I, I can't mm -hmm. remember a stretch where they, any of the lines dominated in the offensive zone for a long period of time. And you know, checked for their chances, as Daryl Sutter would say. It just hasn't really clicked at all yet. Mm -hmm. And that's uncharacteristic for what we know about the Calgary Flames when they're clicking under Daryl Sutter. This is a puck possession, offensive zone time team, right? This is when the Flames are thriving. And, and we talked about this so much last year. And it wasn't even last year that the Flames, and they are a good defensive team, but it wasn't always that they're making these great, amazing plays in the D zone with their defensive prowess. It was just that it's really easy to fend when you have the puck all the time and you're in the offensive zone. That was, you know, we talked all the time about Johnny Gaudreau having, you know, the, the most complete version of Johnny Gaudreau that we've seen in a long time. And I think, you know, he would even say, yeah, it's really easy to defend when you just have the puck in the offensive zone the whole time. And, and we haven't quite seen that yet this season um, in terms of the Flames just cooking in the O zone. And I think that is kind of one of the reasons why we're seeing some of these underlying numbers, especially at five on five, not looking, you know, what we would expect after what we saw from Calgary last season. Yeah, it's... It just hasn't. I mean, the good news is I think it's only been two games, and yes, you can talk about the it's fact very that, early. <laughs> yeah, we're still early. They've banked some wins against good teams, and honestly, I think a lot of it you could probably pinpoint on the lines changing at this point. But mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there was a lot of you know talk last night in the locker room about this being unacceptable and can't use anything as an excuse. We need to bounce back on Saturday. Well, it's kind of been two games of that now, so we'll see if they back yeah. it up on Saturday or not. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, the devils are coming to town, as we said, and, and he had the game last night. This is a fun team to watch. Like they play a really fun brand of hockey. It's getting results. They're very exciting. Um, you know, I, I wonder how the flames are going to match up against a team that has kind of this, I don't want to call it chaotic, but they are, they're quick. They're very, very skilled. Um, they're a creative puck possession team. Like they have some structure, but they also kind of just empower their, their young skilled players to go and do what they do. We're seeing it from Nico Heischer. We're seeing it from Jesper Bratt, who is red hot right now. What is it? 17 points in his first 11 games a season. It's the Bratt pack. Everyone's talking about. <laughs> I want to join in. <laughs> Where Why do I sign you? up? Yeah, no kidding. And it's, and I mean, he was one of the ones I was looking at last season. Um, you know, if the Flames are looking, maybe you trade, maybe you make a trade with somebody to the New Jersey Devils, and maybe the Flames should have tried to get Jesper Bratt. Um, that was when I was looking at, you know, would Matthew Kachuk go to New Jersey? I was like, if he does, you need to get Jesper Bratt in return uh, because he is excellent, and we are seeing that early on in the season. So I don't know. The Devils look like they're going to be a tough opponent and, and we'll see how that I'm, I'm just curious. I don't know how the Flames are going to match up against this team because I, I, I'm not going to say that they're like Edmonton, but they went into Edmonton and outbeat the Oilers in a run and gun game, which is what we know the Oilers are really good at. So I don't know. I'm on the Devils wagon, I guess. I guess you could say that. Big Devils. Big Devils fan there in Haley Salvian <laughs> now. Sounds like I'm just bumping their tires <laughs> yeah. right now. Hey, it's it's fair enough. They've they've been a really good team this year. I think they've surprised a lot of people. They've kind of been sitting on that edge of okay, well, you're acquiring young talent, but when are you finally going to make it all work? And mm -hmm. it kind of feels like they're making it all work right now. We'll see if it lasts for 82 games. But yeah, if your focus right now on the for the Calgary Flames is What's coming next? What challenge do you have next? You got to look at this as a pretty big one based on how New Jersey's played all season and how they're coming into Calgary off that big win against Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And I think the the last thing I'll say before we go to the Atlas Pizza Hotline, because I think we have Sean Gentilly on the line from The Athletic, and he can join in on the conversation when we open up the phone line as well. But the one thing I will say, other than the fact that it is very early, um, is when you look at the kind of strength of schedule, of ter in terms of games played the flames have like among the hardest schedules early in the season like this stretch hasn't um been easy in terms of the quality of competition that they've played against they know they've lost games to teams that you know people might look at early in the season as quote unquote lesser opponents but when you look at um you know the strength of schedule indicators and, and metrics online the flames have among the most difficult games played in the league right now but let's go to the atlas pizza hotlines we've got sean gentilly with us sean we're digging into the flames right now and we want to bring you in on this conversation it is very early we all know that is there any level of concern when you see that calgary has lost three straight including two kind of disappointing games against nashville and seattle Wait a second. I was, uh, I was also, hi, I was, how are you? Know, Thanks for, yeah. What's, <laughs> what's up? Uh, I didn't Welcome. know that I was speaking to a member of the Vitek Vanacek fan club. Congratulations. No, I said the brat pack. That's Amanda Stein. Oh, You've got I'm, us confused. I missed that. I missed that part. I missed that part of it. Yikes. Yeah. Nice try. What was the Wrong what was woman. The, what was the question? What was the, yeah, you guys are, yeah, it's, it's all the same. You both have dark hair. 
What yeah. Oh, that's great. <sighs> Welcome to the show. That's all the time we have. Okay. Goodbye. No. Uh, the question where Logan and I are, are kind of digging into the flames talking about, is there a level of concern with what we've seen early from Calgary in terms of these last three losses to Edmonton, Seattle, and Nashville? I don't know if I would go with concern, but I think we're on the road to concern. Like I, I think, especially with Calgary, when you look at all the change, <laughs> the change yeah. we saw from last season, some of it by design, some of it not, mm-hmm. I, I think it's fair to expect some amount of adjustment time there, right? Like, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it would have been fair to expect, you know, say Jonathan Huberdeau and Elias Lindholm to gel immediately. Right. Like, I, I think that was kind of, kind of unreal. Chris Tianev and Mackenzie Weger to, to gel at me. Like, it, it takes, these are good players, but it takes time. You know, it takes time to get accustomed. It takes time to learn, learn your, uh, learn your partner's tendencies and all that stuff. So I'm not like, ready to sound any alarm bells. These are like big changes at the top of the lineup that require some, uh, some adjustment time, but man, mm-hmm. we're getting close. And I, I think the the biggest concern is that something is that that first line does, didn't, I mean, I, I know they've shuffled stuff up, but yeah, didn't look right. Huberto, Lindholm and, and Toffoli did not click. And I think, you know, the fact that it didn't in the kind of trickle down effect it had within that forward group when, whenever they shuffled it up and put Kadri with Uberdo, that's not great. Sub off. Yeah, and you get top six oh. Lucic I'm not, two I'm weeks not, in I'm the season. I'm not, yeah. I, I think, you know, when you're looking at that top line, it's it's what some of the concerns people maybe had about Huberto coming into the season in terms of, I know that you put this in, in the Calgary Flames season preview. Oh, actually, I did that one. I kicked you out of that one. I did that one. Never mind. I put this in the flames. I put this in this flame season preview. Um, was in, in Dom and Shane as well. But I think the the big question uh, with Huberto this season was: Is he going to be able to be the guy? Is he going to be able to drive a line, particularly at five on five, and face top competition? You know, one of the players he faced the most last night was Roman Yossi and Ryan McDonough. You know, he's playing against other teams' top pairs and top forward groups now, whereas last year and the last couple of years in Florida, that has been Aaron Ekblad, uh, who has been doing that. Jeez, uh, uh, Barkov. I, that is my one mm-hmm. thing. I have this thing. I, I, I interchange them all the time, and I sound like an idiot. That was, that was Barkov they both have. They both have, to, they both have, yeah. K, they have K's in their last name. That's what gets I know that you can't. You, you think you go Brandon and Chris Tanev interchangeably too. So it's fine. You're the right person. This is a safe space. Um, But that was, yeah, but that was Barkov who was facing top competition, top D pairs, top defensive forwards all the time last year. And I think we're not just seeing an adjustment for Huberto in terms of a new team, but also, you know, everything that he's up against in terms of being the guy in Calgary. Yeah, absolutely. And then you look at, at Lindholm too. He's he's the carryover from that from the Kachuk Lindholm Gaudreau line, right? He was. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say. I don't know that. I doubt anybody. I doubt anybody was was wondering about it. Like it seems pretty self evident. It's no knock on Lindholm because he scores forty goals last year. He's a great player, but he was the third guy on that line. I think you can say that pretty 
pretty decisively. If if anybody if anybody had doubts of that of that uh, going back to last year, so yeah, I don't know. There's a big difference between playing on a line behind Sasha Barkov and then playing on a top line with you know Elias Lindholm, who again we'll say third guy on on the uh, on the mm-hmm. top line last year, and Tyler Toffoli, who's you know a streaky a streaky player who's good, who's good on his good days, but can you know. Can can go can go a while without without giving you all that much. So yeah, it's I'm not surprised to see that it took some adjustment time. But the fact that it really didn't work, I think, is is the is a problem for Calgary. You know, like it, it wasn't mm-hmm. this, this isn't just a matter of you know let's let these guys work the kinks out. This is like they looked lost at times and lost enough for you know Daryl to throw it into the blender. Mm-hmm. So I want to move on from the Flames because I think the kind of news of the day around the league is Mitchell Miller signing with the Boston mm-hmm. Bruins. They announced that signing this morning. Um, again, for those who maybe don't recognize the name, he's the player whose draft rights were renounced by the Arizona Coyotes in 2020 after his history of assault and racism as a juvenile were more widely reported. He was also dropped by the University of North Dakota, where he'd previously committed after all that came out. Um, This is, I don't like it. Um, You know, Mitchell Miller ended up going back to the USHL. He had a really, really good year with the Tri-City Storm. 39 goals, 83 points, player of the year, top defender, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Um, I think no. what he did when what he was convicted of in juvenile court, this isn't a he said, she said. He was convicted in juvenile court of bullying and abusing a boy named Isaiah Mayer Crothers, who is a black and developmentally disabled classmate. Um, Miller and another mm-hmm. classmate rubbed in this is for context for everyone as to why we are pissed off about this. Um, Miller and a classmate rubbed a candy pop inside of a urinal at the school during a girls basketball game. And this is from a police report. Again, this is not he said, she said, and enticed Isaiah to put that candy in his mouth. Isaiah did it because he really wanted to be their friend. Um, both of those students were punished by the school with suspensions, but Miller's punishment was even worse per the police report, because he repeatedly lied to the school about what happened. There was also multiple reports of repeated and consistent racial taunting and racist comments from Miller towards this boy. And I want to bring in Logan, too, because I know Logan wanted to talk about this, because, again, this is the story of the day. I am all for second chances. And Shauna, you can go first. But this is not like a person who made one bad decision and apologized for it because he only apologized recently, according to his mother via um, DMs on Twitter. Um, So I don't know, Sean, I just rambled about this for a bit. That's the context for people listening who maybe don't know, but I just, I see this and my thought is why? Why are we doing this? Why is this player getting a contract to play in the American League slash NHL right now? Because he's good. That's all that matters. Yeah. USHL that matters. player of the year it's, last year. <laughs> it's Here NHL. It's pro, it's pro sports. There's a level of moral bankruptcy that's always that's always in play here. You know, he can help the Boston Bruins. He's a really good young defenseman. So they don't care. Like they don't care about they don't care about Isaiah Myers Carruthers. They don't care about 
what happened in 2016. They don't care about what didn't happen in 2020 or 21 or 2022, which is we made it this far. And this is, this is like the, I mean, I shouldn't say this is like the most egregious part because the act and the, and the history that, 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 that those kids had together is, mm-hmm. is, is the egregious part. Cause this is, a, it was right. a years long, yeah. you know, campaign of, racial abuse and physical abuse and ableist abuse, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it was horrendous, horrendous stuff. Uh, but he also hadn't apologized <laughs> like ever, not outside of court ordered stuff, not, you know, after the court case was settled directly, not when he was drafted, not last season. The only time he really started tiptoeing around, you know, apologizing to Isaiah in any like personalized capacity was recently, and it was because the Bruins yeah. were probably made, probably made his employment, you know, contingent on that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's part and, and parcel it was through like an Instagram DM. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. We all know that that's like that's like really the the per, the, the personal touch you want on sincere apologies is by uh, dropping into the Instagram is, is by sliding into to the Instagram DMs. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's horrendous all around. Terrible showing by Don Sweeney today too. Like he went on, he went out and somehow made it worse, which is amazing. Yeah. Like the act itself was bad enough, but then he stuck his foot in his mouth repeatedly over the course of that mm-hmm. press conference. Really, really gross. It's a gross, sad day. Yeah, and the Bruins players, um, you know, reportedly were saying the exact same thing that we are. A couple of the players apparently, when they were told about the signing, said, "Why? <laughs> Why did yeah. we do this?" <laughs> yeah, he's good. Like, yeah. And what do you think Don Sweeney says to that? He's like, yeah. Oh, no, this kid had 83 points as a defenseman last year. He almost like, scored that's, 40 that's goals really, as really a top pair defender. Yeah. That's why. That's that's crazy. That's good. That's that's why we signed him. We don't care about anything else. And that's, you know. And the other thing, too, is like, I, I, don't, I don't mean to let the Bruins off the hook because they're the ones that pulled the trigger on this, but other teams were going to sign him. <laughs> and other teams... And another NHL team knew exactly what he'd done and drafted him anyway. Like, this isn't some outlier move by Boston. This is of a type. This is something we've seen, you know, from the NHL and and, and NHL franchises over and over and over again. They just can't – they can't help themselves because this guy is a good player, is always going to win out over over Mm -hmm. moral concerns, basically. Mm -hmm. Logan, what do you think? Yeah, I, think, I know you wanted to talk about this too, so we're going to bring you in. <laughs> yeah, I think Sean nailed a lot of the points there, and he's 100% right that the reason that Mitchell Miller was signed today and the reason that so many people who do egregious things continue to find jobs in pro sports is because uh, as long as you're talented and can help a team win, whether mm-hmm. it's basketball or football or hockey, they'll seemingly there's really seemingly no line that they're willing to ignore if right. if you can help them, and that to me is the is the worst part in all of this. And uh, I hear the words bullying, and that's mm-hmm. that, that's garbage to me. It's not bullying. It, yeah. You abused a kid. You've mentally and physically abused someone uh, who doesn't have the mental capacity to say no to you and to stand up to you. And you've shown mm-hmm. very little to no remorse in all of this. And, and I'm with you guys that yeah, I I do believe in second chances, but. You're in a very privileged position, and if you're going to be in that privileged spot, having a, a pro hockey contract, you better have shown every single level of attrition possible to be mm-hmm. in that spot. And this kid, as far as I'm concerned, hasn't. Like, what, 12-year-olds break up with each other 
in relationships <laughs> over Instagram DMs, and yeah. this guy seems to think that that's an, an okay way to apologize. And I don't care that he was 14 years old. He said that. The Bruins said that. That doesn't make up for really, really egregious human uh, treatment towards another human being. And mm -hmm. uh, the fact that the Bruins didn't reach out to Isaiah or his family and all of this to say, hey, look, uh, what kind of condition would this set on you guys? Would having this bring, you know, being brought back up again, bring more trauma to you guys or make this somehow worse on you guys? That should have been the first conversation. And it should have been the only conversation because the answer would have been, yeah, we're sick of reliving this. We're sick of this guy constantly taking the easy way out when it came to what he did to our son. And the mm -hmm. Bruins should have said, yep, that's enough for us. We're not doing it. But to Sean's point and to many's point today, he's a good hockey player. So screw it. What do we have to worry about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. and I'm, 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 I'm writing about this right now, really. It's, it's going to be on The Athletic. It's some point in the next in the next couple hours but the, the one of the things that i keep going back to and this a lot of this comes from the bruins because obviously they're the they're the team that's in the spotlight today because of this insanity but the implication continues to be and this has always been the, the case with mitchell the implication that is that we should have like empathy for this kid, for whatever reason, which is weird to I'm begin with. I'm not thinking of it. I don't feel bad for Mitchell Miller. I feel bad for the no. well, child. I'm with you. I'm, they continue. Want, yeah, <laughs> they, 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 they want you to, like, look at Mitchell Miller and see, like, yourself or your son or whatever and say, yeah, like, it's a teachable you know, well, moment. Lots, lots of people lots of people make mistakes when they're in eighth grade as if that's a normal mistake to make and as if yeah. – the, the person that's not most deserving of empathy is Isaiah Myers Carruthers. Like that's, that's the thing that's crazy. They're asking you to empathize with the abuser and not standing with the victim in any way at all, who by the way, continues like, like we, like we've all said, continues to be re-victimized in, mm -hmm. in, in various ways over and over and over again. Cause this keeps coming up. Right. Mm -hmm. And Miller yes. kept on apologizing to him. <laughs> And like that's mm -hmm. that really does seem like that that's all anybody wanted in this in this scenario and Miller couldn't even muster that. Yeah, he's he seems like a trash bag and Boston is getting <laughs> raked over the coals for it. And I'm and I'm mm -hmm. and I'm happy it happened and I hope it continues happening. And I hope it's not just them. Like this is a referendum on the NHL. It's not just about the Boston Bruins. This is again an NHL thing, again a hockey culture thing. And it's like this sport can't go a month without stepping in it over and over and over again. And this is just the latest example. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, and I originally wanted to bring you on here to talk about the Boston Bruins hot start to the season. Uh, yeah. And we're not going to do that. You know, they, they open themselves up for this in, in making this <laughs> announcement and they are flying to Toronto right now. And there's a ton of media in the city, not to do the whole, what does this mean about the Leafs thing? But I'm sure they're going to face it pretty hard once the national media descends on that locker room. Um, Sean, before we let you go, though, I, I do want to ask, because the power rankings did come out, and again, I was going to talk about the Bruins, but I'm going to talk yeah. about the New Jersey Devils instead, because they are coming to town. This is relevant for, for everyone listening here live on, on Sports at 960, Calgary Flames playing against the New Jersey Devils on Saturday night. 
Um, you can also listen to this podcast on demand. Just a reminder, Hockey Central 960, leave us a rating and review. Um, but the Devils, they are fun and they are good. And it's nice to see, you know, one of these kind of like fun, young, skilled teams also finding success because we don't always see that in the league. A lot of teams that are really good have a ton of structure. They're good defensively. This is like a fun, young, skilled, fast team. And they are coming to town. What do uh, What do the Flames need to do? to kind of contain the New Jersey Devils tomorrow. Everybody always wants to talk about Jack Hughes with the New Jersey Devils, right? It's understandable. He's fun. He's really good. Kind of started slow, but the point production has followed. Like everybody's impressed by Jack Hughes. We've, we've talked about him enough. I think a guy who's like, seems like he's leveling up and it's, I know it's like a gutsy call because he was a number one pick too. Nico, he's Really, mm-hmm. really good. Finally, finally healthy. Like fingers crossed, because he's a guy who's had a lot of just bad, bad luck across the board with that. He is looking like he's going to show up on Selkie ballots. I think that's where we are. That's where we're Ooh. at in Nico Heischer's okay. development. And he's a perfect complement to Hughes, right? Like that seems like that's like the the template for success in the modern in in the modern NHL strong down the middle. You have one guy that can eat the tough minutes and then one guy who's, you know, the offensive superstar. And I think that's the way stuff is starting to play out there. I'm sure that's exactly how the devils drew it up. And it's a couple years later than, the, than they would have liked to have happened, but it seems like that's what's going on. He sure is really good. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what do you make of, of their hot streak other than maybe the individual skill set? Like what is working for New Jersey right now on this five game win streak? Just a, it's just a really good. It's that, that top six is unbelievable. I mean, you would maybe like to see a little bit more from from their depth forwards. John Marino, really good addition. I think he's amped it back up to what we saw from him a little bit earlier in his career with, with Pittsburgh. You know, he's kind of that you know legit top four addition to the defensive group. And then most of all, I think over the last week or two, you know, I know I we were joking around about Vitek Vanacek is whatever he's not very good but I think what we're seeing is you know just how good this team can be with even remotely competent goaltending right just just throw just roll someone out there that's not gonna that's not gonna lose games single-handedly and they're gonna have a chance to compete in a very real way and I think that's what we've seen over the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. taking a scroll through the power rankings because we've got a couple more minutes here is there any other team that really stands out to you right now around the league like a team that's on the rise a team that's maybe been disappointing what do you think i kind of thought the islanders were doa like i'm i they had a they had a strong week they, they've beaten some beaten some good teams they've benefited from you know maybe washington and pittsburgh taking a bit of a step back in the metro but i i thought they were i thought they were especially after the kind of a crummy start you know i thought i thought they were going to be the team that you know, we saw that that totally dropped off. I also really like what I what I've seen from Dallas. I think um, Jake Ottinger's leveled up. I think he's carried over mm-hmm. that momentum that we saw from him in the first round against Calgary. But also, you know, the top line is still really, really good, mm-hmm. and they've also, you know, developed some players, or maybe not developed, but added some offense behind them. And that's what they were missing under Rick Bonus. And I think that's what Pete DeBoer's brought 
you know, kind of brought to the group. That's a deeper, that's a deeper, more well-rounded lineup than what we saw last season. And I've, I've, I've been impressed by them. So they're, they're up higher than we typically see them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sean. Go back to writing. I know, I know you've got a column that, that you're working on on Mitchell Miller for the athletic and, and uh, we'll take a look at that once it's posted. Thanks for your time. Goodbye, Haley. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You too. There goes Sean Gentilly on the Atlas Pizza Hotline. That chat brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For takeout or delivery, call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast. All right, coming up next on Hockey Central on Sports at 960, we're going to have Amanda Stein from NewJerseyDevils.com tee up a bit more of the matchup for Saturday night, Calgary Flames, New Jersey Devils. That's coming up next on Sports at 960. You're listening to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the program. We're going to go right to the Atlas Pizza Hotline again because we've got Amanda Stein on the line, NewJerseyDevils.com. She's in town for the Flames in New Jersey Devils game on Saturday night. Amanda, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I'm doing well. I mean, look, the team is doing really well, so I can't really complain right now. Yeah, the the vibes are good in New Jersey right now. <laughs> and you were uh, you were at practice today. Uh, are you still at the rink? Or are you on the way back? No, I um, I just got back to the hotel, and I was like, I was Perfect. worried, right? Because I'm on the bus with the players, and I'm like, oh my god, if we don't get back in time, I'm going to have to talk about them in front of them. And I was like, rushing to get back to my hotel room. So awkward. Luckily, they're doing well, so it's not like we would have been asking you, like, what's wrong with Jack Hughes as Jack Hughes sits you know, a few feet from you. That would have been incredibly awkward. I would have understood if you said, hey, can I have five more minutes, please? <laughs> I would never put yeah, you in I that situation because I think I would die from embarrassment. Yeah. I would too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you guys did have have a skate today before the game. Uh, no Mackenzie Blackwood. Looks like Jonathan Bernier was on the ice too. Is there anything new or any updates we should know about the Devils from skate today? Well, the the big thing is obviously the question mark around Mackenzie Blackwood. It did not look good when he went down in the game last night against Edmonton. I mean, he looked like he was in some significant pain. Not on the ice today. He's going to be meeting with Calgary doctors today. Um, and then hopefully, you know, we'll start finding out more about how he's feeling and how he's doing. And I just mm-hmm. want to preface um, with Jonathan Bernier being on the ice. We have to remember he's still on LTIR. He is now Mm -hmm. traveling with the team because we've been on the road for almost eight days. There was no one else back home. So this gives him the, you know, the reps to start working his way back in. So I don't expect to see him for a little while yet, but it is certainly good news when, you know, just as a human being to see him get back into a place where he can practice on a regular basis is just great for him. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned Mackenzie Blackwood. He left the game in the second period against Edmonton. I want to get into that game a little bit because se- there are seven seconds between the Ryan Graves and Jesper Brack goals, two of the fastest goals in franchise history. What was the feeling last night? Because we saw, we don't see this often, but we saw the New Jersey Devils basically go into Edmonton 
and beat the Oilers in their own game, essentially. So what was uh, what was the game like last night? Well, it was really exciting because I think it's the first time you see like two of the fastest teams in the league go up against each other and the way each team was trying to neutralize the other. Uh, that to me was mm-hmm. probably one of the more exciting parts of the game. But you're right, towards the end there, I mean, it was a seven seconds, you know, between those two goals that ultimately changed the game and there was mm-hmm. only four minutes left. But for me, it's more about the way they came back to win. I mean, you think of Edmonton, they're a really strong team. These two teams had identical records. And New Jersey in the past, they've not been able to close out big games or, you know, make that final push to come from behind and eventually win a game. What Mm -hmm. it's telling me about this team is the belief that they have in themselves is by far and away the biggest asset that they have right now. Everybody's individual games are, you know, they're all playing to their strength. But when Mm -hmm. the belief is there, I mean, that ultimately can turn anything around. And Jesper Bratt told me, and I thought this was really significant. He said in between the second and third period, you know, they were all very vocal in the locker room and said, if we want to be a playoff team, if we want to compete in the playoffs, and if we want to be playing important games down the stretch, we've got to turn this game around and win it. So to me, when you have a young group with that mentality and comfortable with having that mentality, that could be a huge game changer. And I know to me, like, obviously, like I work for the team, but, they have to be the biggest surprise of the NHL. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I feel like for me, I've spent the last couple of years saying, okay, this is going to, the last two years, I'm not going to go crazy here. I wasn't saying like four years ago that the Devils are going to be really good. But I think the last couple of years as we've seen, you know, Tom Fitzgerald making moves to start getting them at, into that transition to being a team that can make the playoffs and make some noise. It's kind of been like, okay, maybe this is going to be the year. And last year was like, all right, if they can get – you know, they're going to be fine. We saw, you know, issues with goaltending uh, last season. And then this this summer, it's kind of like, all right, if they can get good goaltending, I think the Devils are going to be fine because they have so much skill and, and talent on that roster. And as you said, they're they're incredibly quick. And I think we're kind of seeing it all come together with, with some of the long-term moves that, that the GMs made. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, you bring up a really good point about last year. And, you know, yes, we we just said that there was seven seconds between the two goals last night, which was a franchise record. Well, that number is also significant because last year the club used seven different goaltenders, which was also a franchise record. So (laughs) that number, you know, flipped into the positive this time around. But it really does speak volumes. I do think that, you know, had the club had, uh, steady goaltending last year, they wouldn't have been anywhere near where they were at the end of the season. And I don't mean that to say that they would have made the playoffs, but I do mm-hmm. believe that they would have been far more in the mix with the performances that they were getting. And this is really what Tom Fitzgerald has built, been building towards. And once he brought in some of the veterans, and I think that doesn't get talked enough about when it comes mm-hmm. to this team, a Brendan Smith, an Eric Halla, um, you know, there's all these additions of, guys who have been in the league for a long time, not necessarily have won championships. I mean, obviously Palat has, um, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're voices in the room that when they stepped into the room, they had no problem using their voice. And I talk a lot to Brendan Smith about that because he's really talked about watching even in just the first, what are we like three weeks into the season? If that, um, younger guys feeling more and more comfortable using their voice. And when you have that in the locker room and that, you know, buzzword of accountability, 
whether it's on the bench or in the locker room, that pushes everybody. And I, again, like these are all cliches, but they're cliches because <laughs> part of it is really true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you mentioned some of the veterans and, and that's, that's very important, but I've got to ask you, Jesper Bratt, he is on fire right now. What is this Bratt pack? How do I join? What is going on with Jesper Bratt? I think he was someone people could see that this was going to happen you know, a lot of Devils fans were really clamoring. Like, we've got to get the sky extended last year. Like, I saw that, Haley. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Is this the the you know the big announcement that Jasper Brad is here now this season? I mean, I think he kind of made that statement last year, but because maybe the Devils don't get the same type of coverage or you know uh, zeroing in on by other people. He's made that impression on this fan base, on this club. We've known who he is and what Mm -hmm. he can become. Mm -hmm. But this year, I think because the team is doing so much better, there are more eyeballs on the team. And so people are discovering who Jesper Bratt is. And he's such a a unique guy because he is so incredibly talented. And you want to talk about more records that he set a record yesterday with his goal um, for points in 11 games to start a season. That is now a franchise record, uh, oh. might I add. But he's <laughs> he was a sixth-round pick. And the other day I talked to him and he said, you know, Amanda, I never believed that I was a sixth-round pick. And from that moment, all I've tried to do is show people that they were wrong. And let me tell you, there are a lot of picks that went before Jesper in that draft that I think uh, other teams would have wanted Jesper first before they picked whoever they did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think it's always, you know, we always think of the the redrafts. Where would he where would he go if we are redrafting yeah. <laughs> his year, you know, next next season or something like that? Um what do you expect out of this matchup? The Obviously, this is a five-game win streak for the Devils. They have a chance to make that to six. The Flames have lost their last three and have had some pretty disappointing appearances the last two against Nashville and Seattle. I mean, what are you expecting on Saturday night? You know, it's an interesting matchup because one of the things with the Devils, and I don't need to tell you this, you know, is that they really are a smaller group, right? They're mm-hmm. fast. They're speedy, they're feisty and all that, but Calgary is a much bigger team. So I'm really interested in watching how they're going to try and initiate, the Devils, that is, are going to try and initiate their speed game and particularly while entering the zone without getting caught up in, you know, the big physicality that the, the Flames have. And it's an interesting matchup because I do feel that the Devils now have a bit of a target on their back because of how they've been playing, because of what they've been doing and the numbers that they've been putting up. So these are, you know, two very, very different teams going head to head tomorrow. Um, But for me, I think, you know, obviously like I focus on the devils and for me, it's how are they going to access their speed game? What is going to end up slowing them down? But also at the same time, what we've seen in the last week or so, whether it's a 7-1 win against Columbus, a one nothing win against the Avalanche, they've figured out this year how to win in multiple different ways against mm-hmm. different types of teams. But I think this might be the heaviest team that they're going to face. Uh, so that to me is going to, you know, you're taking those building blocks. This could be a huge building block no matter how, you know, how things have been going for Calgary in their last few games. Mm-hmm. 
And I, one of the other questions I got to ask you before we let you go, Amanda, what is the, the VTech van? You, you said you wanted to talk about this when I said the Brat Pack. What's the, what's the VTech van, a Trek van club? What's, well, what do we need to know? I, I feel like, I rem- <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I remember hearing you on a podcast about either not liking VTech or having oh, issues with no. the way he plays or something. No, no, no. Let me Did explain. I so I was doing, <laughs> you're con- it wasn't me. So I was doing um, like the free agency day show um, with one of the other networks here. And I was talking about how I think the New Jersey Devils, like we were looking at options. I think it was right after Palat signed. And I was like, oh, this is great. I really like the New Jersey Devils. I love Heischer. I love Brad. I really like Jack Hughes. Um, You know, they've got another goalie this year. And and my co-host was like, did they though? Did they get a goalie? And I was like, they signed me to check, right? And it made me feel like I completely blew it. And like I mistook (laughs) something. And he was like, I know they signed Vitek Vanacek. I'm just joking. Like, do we actually think he's a good goalie, though? And I was like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, I had is. a full, he's like, broken really controller well, so. moment live on television. Because I was like, did I? Did, didn't they sign Vanacek? So I, you're not totally wrong, okay, but so it wasn't me. I was now. not on the hate train. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you cleared that up because, honestly, Vitek has been such a welcome addition to this group. First of all, he is like one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life. He's just a really sweet guy. But I don't know that he necessarily had this game in him when he was playing in Washington, right? And I don't know that mm-hmm. he's been, he was given that type of opportunity there. He came into New Jersey with a 1A, 1B, you know, suggestion when it comes to him and Mackenzie Blackwood. And he's been able to run with it. And he's been, you know, and depending on what happens with Mac right now, you know, they might have to rely on, on VTech going forward for a long time. And we'll see what happens with that, you know, duo, given that uh, Mackenzie's seeing the doctors. But mm-hmm. he's been awesome. And I'm sorry for throwing you under the bus there. <laughs> I completely no, I had to defend myself. Situation. No, no, no. You're fine. No, I'm sure you, like, Well, he's I, proving I totally you right it. so far, no? Yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm yes. I'm on, I'm on the VTech van. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Vindicated. That that all sorted out. (laughs) All good. No, I was like, I need to defend myself here. It wasn't me. It was someone else. (laughs) I guess we can assume, I guess we can assume that it's you in a good position. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. Um, I guess we can assume that it's going to be VTech Vanacek and net tomorrow. Or do we have to wait for morning skate? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, we don't know what's going to happen with McKenzie, but assuming you know he's seeing the doctors today, I would imagine that he would not be playing tomorrow. Um, so yes, I mean that's the easy guess I would say without officially knowing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. That's all the time that we have with you, and uh, thanks for for joining us. And I'm glad you could make it back to the hotel. You didn't have to. <laughs> to do this in yeah, front of everyone too, on the bus. That would have been very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I would have known, I would have just started tell, asking you. you all of the tough questions. <laughs> tell me, what's the dirt? What's happening in New Jersey? No, I would never do that. My lips Thanks, are sealed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.
There goes Amanda Stein from NewJerseyDevils.com on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. That chat was brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive northeast um logan i had to defend my honor there for a second i wasn't prepared for that today defend uh, myself you are a hater Haley. that's the one thing i've come to know <laughs> yeah, somebody with a hot take there, yeah yeah i'm the hot take i'm the hot take guy i hate everyone specifically <laughs> goalies i thought it was an unfair them. take from you too but I'm glad that you've been able to work it out and you're giving VTech a fair chance. It's uh, no, very honorable like, of you. <laughs> one of my probably most like mortifying, not even mortifying, it was just like on live national television. I was like, yeah, and they get a goalie and it's Mike Johnson. And he's just like, did they? And I was like, uh, did, and we're live. And I'm like, Mike, did they? Did they not sign? Didn't they sign VTech Vanacek? He's like, oh, just kidding. It's like paralyzed, like full broken controller on national television. Like, oh my God, did I just completely butcher that? Because that's always the thing. And it was one of those things in my head where I was like, okay, like it's VTech Vanacek, VTech Vanacek. Then you go on TV and it's like, oh my God, did I just blow it? Did they not sign him? Did he sign with the Islanders? Oh my God, what did I just do? Did you get duped by a fake Twitter account or something? And now you look like a... A total yeah. knob going on TV yeah. and pronouncing it to everyone. I can Absolutely. imagine that's a real fear. Oh, my God. Fully, like, frozen on TV. And we came off, and I was like, Mike, that was really mean. <laughs> he was just like, oh, oh, I thought that was very funny. So that was the day that I was uh, personally victimized by Mike Johnson on national television. Wow. What a guy. It happens. One of the things uh, we didn't get to mention on the show just before we go is just a little bit of news out of Ottawa. The Senators announced that they the process to sell the team has been initiated so that's something to look out for i don't think that's going to happen like this weekend so we'll talk a bit more about this next week maybe we can bring ian mendez on the show but that's all the time we have for hockey central just a reminder leave us a rating and a review on apple google spotify wherever you get your podcast that's hockey central 960 and we will see you next week